0: Hello and welcome to the Barefoot Coaching Make a Change to Make a Difference podcast. In this series, we'll be chatting to inspirational people who have chosen to make a change in their lives in order to make a difference, a difference for themselves, for others, or for the world at large. We'll bring you real stories, wisdom, and insights from coaches and non-coaches alike. This is the Make a Change to Make a Difference podcast. Hello. Well, here we are. Welcome to the first episode. It's lovely to have you with us. I'm Adam. I lead the creative teams at Barefoot Coaching, and I'll be your host. When we were planning this series, there was only one way to kick things off, and that is with my first guest. She is the founder and CEO of Barefoot Coaching, Master Certified Coach of the International Coaching Federation, award-winning author, magazine columnist, and most importantly to me, one of my bosses. She is, of course, Kim Morgan. Welcome, Kim.
1: Thanks, Adam. It's lovely to be here.
0: It's all rather exciting, (laughs) isn't it? It's
1: really exciting.
0: Listeners will have heard in the introduction that this series is all about speaking to people who have made a change in their lives in order to make a difference. That's the theme for our latest flagship coach training program campaign. It makes sense then that we start with the change that brought about Barefoot Coaching and the flagship program that now 25 years later, over 4,000 people have gone on to complete. I mean, does that number still surprise you?
1: (laughs) It doesn't just surprise me. It staggers me, but it also delights me, Adam, because I didn't set out with a vision to build a business, actually. I didn't have a financial forecast or a spreadsheet. or I I just set out, actually, to make a change for myself and to make a difference for other people and had no idea where it was going.
0: Yeah. Well, let's go there, shall we? So what was that change? How did it all come about?
1: Oh, gosh. I thought about that. And and I don't, I think it was a gradual change rather than a sudden change. Um, So without getting into a sort of full on therapy session about me and my childhood, I just think I was a strange little girl and I, I was I was quite an unhappy little girl actually and I had had a really happy childhood but I think there's another story in there about how I, I kind of grew up thinking the world was full of rainbows and unicorns and when I went out into the world and realised it wasn't, I wasn't equipped for it and that led to me to get really interested in how could I change myself? How could I become more resilient? How could I have better boundaries? How could I stop pleasing people? Because I got pushed around a lot when I was little. I just thought everything was lovely and everyone was lovely and I wasn't prepared for the things in life that weren't. So from a really early age, I'd started to read Few self help books that were around, and I thought I'd mention them because they stand the test of time. Things that helped me were uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Mm -hmm. Dale Carnegie, Games People Play by Eric Byrne, and The Road Less Travelled by M. Scott Peck. There, you know, there wasn't the plethora of coaching self help books that exist today. But when everyone else was reading Jackie magazine, I was reading those. Um, (laughs) So it was really no surprise that then I embarked on training to be a therapist, training to be an NLP practitioner, a hypnotherapist. I worked in the charity sector, in adult education. I began just teaching people, helping people, theraping people to have more confidence, have more assertiveness. Um, you know, we teach what we need to learn, don't we? Mm -hmm. All the things that I needed. I was out there teaching other people. But what really got to me was how tethered people were to their old behaviours and beliefs, how they couldn't let go of them, and how people, I consistently saw people choosing familiarity and usually with that familiarity, discomfort over freedom and choice. Specifically, when I was working with women victims of domestic violence, I saw them going back and back and back. I just became fascinated in how I could educate people in some of the simple psychological tools and techniques that would help them make better choices and overcome their limiting beliefs and behaviours. I guess the point that really made the change was that I started to be approached by some organisations. Um, I and I did have a company then, it's called Barefoot Training uh, in those days. And two companies in particular made me realise that this was valuable for everyone, not just the sort of client group that I was working with. First one was Relate. And Relate asked me to go into businesses and teach some kind of relationship building skills, listening, empathy, questioning. I was a bit scared. But when I went into the businesses, I discovered that actually everyone was like, wow, this is just amazing. It was blowing their minds. They hadn't known it. And because I'd known it for so long, it was really hard to believe that It had still had value for people. I assumed everyone knew it. I negated what I knew because I thought, well, if I know it, everyone must know it. But they didn't. And that was a real revelation to me. And then another little story by chance. (laughs) This is a really long answer, isn't it? (laughs) Go on. on. (laughs) Um, So... Um, I decided to advertise myself in Yellow Pages because that was all you could do in those days. There was no internet or anything, so I went in the Yellow Pages. And the Yellow Pages representative came out to see me and a few days later she called me and said, oh, never mind about advertising in Yellow Pages, will you coach me? I've never heard of this before. And she was the worst performing salesperson in her division of Yellow Pages. And she said, help me. So anyway, I coached her and very quickly she became like the best performing salesperson in Yellow Pages. And the next thing I knew, her manager phoned me and said, what have you done to this person? She said, I I said to her, have you you fallen in love or something? You've had a complete personality (laughs) change. And she told me about you. And then she said, if you can do that for her, can you come back in and do it for our whole team? So I was just getting evidence that it was valuable and it wasn't known to people. So in the end, hurrying up this very long answer, I put together all those different approaches, a very eclectic look at all the things that you could do to change yourself And change other people if you're working with other people. Coaching, the word coaching was just starting to appear in our language, come over from the States. I thought, you know what, I think that's what I'm doing. So big reveal, I never trained as a coach. (laughs) I trained as all those other things and I wrote the coaching course. I got accredited with a postgraduate certificate back then. I knew that it needed to have a stamp of approval beyond me. And I ran my first course and the people who came on that first course loved it. They told other people and it has continued to kind of snowball like that.
0: Mm. I mean, that answer just demonstrates really what a brilliant entrepreneur and business person you are as well as coach. Did you have any idea at that point what you were on to, that this could really go somewhere?
1: No. No. No, I had no idea. In fact, I was constantly battling that kind of imposter syndrome of like, really, are people going to really buy this, do this? It's kind of just what I've done and acquired. Um, and, and I was steep. you know, my mum was a probation officer. Right? I was steeped in public sector, charity sector, I was always creative and I always had lots and lots of ideas. But I'm actually, the I have been changed through this process myself because I am now a businesswoman. I love business. I've learned it and um, didn't imagine that I would ever be in this place.
0: Do you remember when the pinch me moment first came? When you thought, actually, gosh, I've got something here.
1: I don't think I do, Adam. I don't even really properly know if I... If it's come.
0: Well, that was gonna be my next question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love what I do. I love the business that I've built, the people who come to us. I'm proud of myself, but I, I don't know. I can't I can't answer that question. I'm stumbling a bit with that question. Okay.
0: You mentioned your mother mm. and you were well reported in lots of interviews that you've done that really there was only one career for you, given the work that your parents did in your upbringing. You've talked in the past about being the playground therapist. <laughs> I certainly was. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder if there had been another path for you that wasn't coaching, what, what would it have been? Well, interestingly,
1: when I was at school, I was really good at writing. And um, this is one of those childhood moments that can define you. I said to my English teacher that I wanted to be a journalist. And she said, I think you need to go and see the headmaster. So and talked to him about it. So I went into the headmaster's office and he said, I hear you want to be a journalist. And I said, yes, sir, <laughs> like Oliver Twist. And um, he said, OK, I've got a few questions to ask you. If somebody's child has just been run over and died, um, could you sort of go to their house, push your way through the front door and ask them questions about it? And I said, no, no, sir, I couldn't. And he said, well, give that up, you're not you know, you're not tough enough for that, go and do something else. And that really stayed with, me. you know, that authority figure giving you that definitive message about yourself. So I put that aside. But actually, Adam, I found my way back to it unknowingly. You know, I've written two books now, and I write for a magazine. Yes. And there was a pinch me moment when I I, I
0: realised that
1: actually, that's what I wanted to do. And now I'm doing it.
0: Yeah, you found a way to bring both of those together. Yeah. And by the way, Kim's books, both of them are available to buy at the Barefoot store. I think we're allowed to do product placement on our own podcast, aren't we? I think so, if you think so. I think so. So let's talk about the programme, the flagship coach training programme that now, as I mentioned, over 4,000 people have gone on to complete from around the world, 28 countries. Um, And since moving online, that's just growing and growing and growing. Um, We had a lot of fun pulling together the copy for the flagship coach training program. And um, there's one bit that I particularly love that I'm going to read. There's no single route to arriving at our flagship coach training program. People come to us from all walks of life, from the armed forces to aromatherapy, HR to hairdressing and teaching to taxi driving regardless of where they arrive from, all share the same desire, the desire to make a change, to make a difference. That does two things for me. I think it sums up just how brilliantly diverse the Barefoot alumni is, but also how universally relevant and applicable coaching is.
1: It really is. And as you said that, I was just thinking over all these years and all these 4,000 people I have some kind of mental CRM system that knows most of their stories. So I was just thinking, we've had phenomenal people. I think we've had people from every single profession walk of life do this programme. We've had Olympic athletes, coaches, we've had international sports people, medics, surgeons, people from the armed forces, police. We've had an Arctic explorer. We've had married couples come on the programme together. Um, Teachers, CEOs, therapists, HR people, leaders, managers, entrepreneurs, lawyers. Just incredible diversity of people. And then they've all gone on to do different things too. Yeah, and I'm I'm so proud. We're sitting here now in the barefoot library room. We call it, um, and there is a bookshelf here dedicated to the books that barefooters have written. And they're writing more and more. People, some people have built massive businesses as a result of coming on the program, bigger bigger than barefoot. Some people have got startup funding, got on Google's incubator scheme for new startups. Others have built small businesses just to suit themselves. Um, Some have decided not to build a business, to use coaching at home in their life or to become an associate with a coaching company. Some have niched and we've just about got every niche you can think of as well. People have niched to coach people who want to have a baby by surrogacy, that level of niche in grief coaching, neurodiversity, divorce, that people have decided not to niche as well and just be a jobbing coach. And the things they've gone on to do just fill my heart with pride, actually. Not just the postgraduate certificate, but then master's degrees, PhDs. They've made friendships for life. They've built business partnerships together with people they met on the course. They've had babies they didn't know they were going to have. They've got divorced. Uh, They've had all sorts of new starts, new lives. Loads of them have bought camper vans. It's a bit of a thing, isn't it? 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 It's definitely a thing. Um, They've come out. They've moved country, country. They've raised loads of money for charity. They've built communities of their own. It goes on and on and on. Just today, I saw one of our barefooters who um, has specialised in neurodiversity, has done a TED Talk. So there's lots of TED Talks spawned or initiated by people coming on this programme. It's wonderful. And when we talk about making a change to make a difference, this is what we're talking about. talking about people coming to make that change in their career path and making a difference to themselves in doing it but the difference that they make out there to the world is phenomenal
0: yeah absolutely is and that sets up beautifully the our rationale for choosing the tube map for the campaign all of the different routes available to people when they come on the program all the things they could choose to do or not to do or to come back and do later at another time. There's, as you mentioned, accreditation, credentialing. There are academic options. People can come on the programme, learn the skills, and then coach friends and family at home. People can coach at work as a leader as coach or as an in-house coaching organisations, or they can start a brand new coaching career as an accredited coach. What advice would you give to anybody listening who is considering training as a coach?
1: Um, I would say do your research. There are lots of coach training companies out there. Go on, well, ideally, go on our taster session and go on other taster sessions as well, but we run a taster session every week now. It's no pressure. It really is a a sort of microcosm of the experience of being on the programme. A half day where you are with About the same number of people that you would be with on our programme, 15, um, Mm. with the same tutors who might be teaching you. And you will be learning some things about coaching in the same way as we do on the course.
0: Yeah, that's what I'd say. I would say exactly the same thing. Yeah, we run these taster sessions weekly. Get a taste and a feel for how training with Barefoot would be. Meet some of our tutors. But we also recognise that timing is everything, right? Some people come on those taster sessions and they book straight away. For others, it could be weeks, months, sometimes years before they come back to us. Um, and that sort of makes me think about my own story. I didn't even go on a taster session. For me, it was always going to be barefoot. Um, and I, I dilly-dallied a bit. I sort of dipped in and out. I'd sent an email Um, had a conversation, and then ultimately the sort of stars aligned and the timing was right. That whole process probably took about five years.
1: I think it's not unusual, Adam, that people wait years. They just decide, they know, and they wait until the time's right. How did you know about us if you didn't come on a taster
0: session? Well, it's interesting because it's a similar story to lots of other organisations. My first experience of Barefoot was through the coaching cards somebody in our office. I worked for a big corporate in Nottingham. Um, you'd done some work there. And as a result, we had some coaching cards, everyday coaching cards, managers coaching cards, teams cards. Um, and I picked them up and I looked at the back and thought, oh gosh, this is interesting. Barefoot coaching. What's this all about? Um, and then slowly, as Barefoot in the most gorgeous way, infiltrated that organisation because you know everybody fell in love with their ethos and... <laughs> and you, of course, as well, Um, more and more people in my peer network went on the programme and qualified and some of them stayed and used it and others went and set up their own business. And I thought, well, I want a piece of that as well. My only regret is that I I didn't do it sooner. But you're here now. I'm here now. So it worked out okay in the end.
1: Yeah, it certainly did. It did for me.
0: (laughs) Hi, Kim. Hi Adam. You know, I was thinking, there really is no single route to arriving at the Barefoot Coach training programme, is there?
1: No, there isn't. People come from all walks of life, from the armed forces to aromatherapy, HR to hairdressing and teaching to taxi driving. But regardless of where they arrive from, they all share the same desire and that is to make a change, to make a difference. Mm,
0: Yeah, absolutely. So whether people listening want to coach friends and family, coach at work or in a new career as an accredited coach, when it comes to coach training, no two journeys are the same. You can find out where the Barefoot Line could take you by visiting barefootcoaching.co.uk. So many people who go on the programme Become real staunch supporters of Barefoot. They they fall in love, and I've got a couple of um, Trust Pilot reviews to read to you. There were literally hundreds. It was so hard to to try and find two that really sort of sum up the Barefoot experience. The first is by Alicia Penfield, and it says the Barefoot Coaching Course literally changed my life. So now as a coach, I can help change other people's lives. This is not just a course. It's like being welcomed into a new family. The second is by Sarah Klein, and it says, it's easy to say that the course was a life-changing experience, but actually harder to describe why. Maybe because some of the people I met will be lifelong friends and colleagues. Maybe because the personal development and learning that was furthered there goes on to this day. Maybe because it enabled me to use all the experience and skills I have to do work that is meaningful purposeful and truly transformative for others. What does that do to you, Kim, listening to those words?
1: It makes me really proud and happy. It continues to. I never stop pinching myself about those reviews. We hear life changing so much that we could become blasé. But actually, it sort of made me think, Adam, that there is science behind this course there's academic rigor behind this course that's not visible and one of the key aspects of that is in my quest to understand how change happens you know when people just live with Condi- you know conditions and behaviours and beliefs that are holding them back, what does it take for them to change? That was my question, actually. And uh, from adult learning theory, I found something that really changed my understanding of that. Um, and it's the work of somebody called Mesirov. And he looked at a piece of research about elements which give rise to transformational learning. And he came up with four things. And and these are threaded through the course content invisibly, actually. Sometimes it's a disorienting dilemma. All of a sudden, you get a medical diagnosis, someone saying to you, if you don't change your eating habits or smoking or drinking, there's going to be Trouble ahead, you know. Sometimes you know, sometimes it's having a car crash and realizing that you haven't been driving as carefully as you might have been. Um, the other one is a sort of generalized state of puzzlement, just like I don't, you know, I just don't feel like I'm in the right place. Then there's the recognition that others share our feelings. I'm not alone here. I thought I was the only one who felt like that, but now I'm in a group of people who all feel the same way, and then. Finally, there's the presence of what Mesirov called an empathetic provocateur, which I think is a lovely name for a coach, someone who's supportive and kind and yet who isn't afraid to also challenge. And, and so I think that why the course is so successful is not only do most people come on the course as a result of one of those things they don't really realize it but it's usually one of those things that's occurred in their lives that's brought them on the course but when we're on the course we create all those conditions they're in a group of like-minded people they recognize that others share their feelings There's the two lead tutors at the front all the coaches who are empathetically provoking them all the time and then we will you know we will create those states of managed states of puzzlement and disorienting dilemmas through the questions that we ask and the exercises that we do. So I think that there is a lot of structure and thought behind what is a very um, apparently easeful experience. And I, I think it's that. And, and it's it's also a very felt experience rather than a taught experience. I always used to say when I taught the course, and I just discovered that this comes from the matrix, I couldn't remember where it was from, but knowing the path is not the same as walking the path. So we, we get people walking that path of being a coach from day one. I think it's all that. And in addition to that, I think we damn well care. Yeah.
0: And I think it's all of those things that creates the sense of community that there is about Barefoot, the Barefoot alumni. I mean, the fact that people refer to themselves as barefooters is quite telling, isn't it? Yeah. And they keep coming back to us. You know, people who go on to the course will then pick up the phone to us from their organisation and invite us to do work with them in their organisations. When they move organisations, they pick up the phone again. And you always amaze me because we joke that your mind is like a Rolodex. We only have to say someone's name and you know when they did the course, who they did the course with, the venue and all the details. And it's that, as you say, it's that level of care. that What their cat's name is. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that leads me on nicely then to... um, To talk a bit more about you, so by virtue of your own success, you're now known by people. Author of two books, one a bestseller, the other one also incredibly good, and as I mentioned, available through the (laughs) Barefoot Store. I've seen firsthand how people behave around you. You're someone that they look up to. They want to be noticed by you. I've seen people queue up at the end of events to get their sort of two minutes one-on-one time with you how easily does that side of the job sit with who you are as Kim Morgan the person
1: um not well not well I'm I'm fine on stage um just doing my thing but I really really um intensely uncomfortable about the sort of fame, mini fame. Yeah, I don't feel at all comfortable. I don't feel that I deserve it. I don't feel anyone really deserves it. We're all valid human beings and it pressurises me. Being put on any kind of pedestal only only ends in one way, actually.
0: And uh, I feel like I'm bound to disappoint the pressure's an interesting point, and I'm gonna come on to that in a second, but before I do, I'm sat here wondering who who do you look up to and admire in that same way?
1: Um, I don't think I do admire people in that same way. I think that's the difference I do not I w I don't I don't sort of like revere them. I think as an equal, I admire them. And I really admire my fellow, particularly women coaches, people who come to mind, and I'm really sorry as I'm sitting here just doing this on the spur of the moment, if I forget anyone, but the people who come immediately to mind are Nancy Klein, Julie Starr, Jackie Holder. Claire Breeze. I really admire those women for the work that they do in this field. Um, I admire all our tutors in the same way, who do the wonderful work that they do on the course for us now. I no longer teach it. But I'm not given to reverence. And maybe that's why it's uncomfortable for me.
0: You mentioned pressure earlier and as we've said you're kid morgan the coach the entrepreneur you're also kid morgan the business owner you're on a very successful business Barefoot coaching alongside andy you've got people on the payroll you've got an electricity bill to pay that has to bring with it pressures and i'm i'm interested in how you switch off what's your sort of well-being practice
1: <laughs> now you've caught me out <laughs>
0: I think I know the answer to this, but I was going to ask it anyway.
1: Again, that's a really difficult question to answer because I don't feel, I feel like I get pressure if people go, oh, you're Kim and you're going to be really amazing. But I don't feel pressure about running this business. I feel real joy, actually. Once upon a time, I felt pressure when when I'd grown the business to a certain size, and I hadn't yet invested in a team around me. And now I have a beautiful team around me. And really, it's just a joy. I mean, that sounds, it's going to, people are probably going to go, oh, for goodness sake, is this true? But it is true. It's a joy. It gives me huge strength, companionship, friendship, inspiration, learning to be in this space with all of you. So I don't, I don't feel pressure. And I don't, yeah, I I was remembering something that one of our tutors, Pete Mosley, once said. Um, And he said that whatever happens, he sort of like a cork bobs along on the surface of the water. And I think I am blessed with that, Irrepressible tendency to be happy, so I do all the normal things that everybody does to relax. But um, that I don't have any specific well-being practice. I think if I, I think I'm more scared of retiring and wondering what I would do without this community than I care
0: to confess although I've just confessed that on a podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Kim. So believe it or not, we are coming towards the end. And um and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a really obvious question next. But I'm interested in the answer. Favorite coaching tool or question <laughs>
1: you know what my answer will
0: be. I think I do.
1: Favorite coaching tool hands down is technique called Vision Chairs. And very quickly, for those of you who don't know, Vision Chairs is about increasing your motivation to change by creating two potential futures. One, if everything stays the same, and the other one, if you get what you want and then you work backwards from that place to see what you needed to do to get it. Um, you mentioned the coaching cards earlier, and actually, I came up with the idea of coaching cards of the coaching cards by doing that technique. We'd been at an exhibition, we'd had a really rubbish stand with no, with just a couple of posters behind us. And I felt really embarrassed. So when we came back with my then colleague, I said, what, well, we've got to do something next year to have something for sale on those tables at the conference. And we together did that vision chairs exercise. And before we knew it, we just brought to life. All these colourful little packs of cards that were not too expensive, that had coaching questions in. So it's great for creative brainstorming, but it's also great for just getting the blinkers off and going life's short. If I carry on where I'm going, this is where it's taking me. Vision shares every time.
0: I love it, Kim. Yeah, it's one of my favourites as well. There's something about presupposing success and eliciting a really positive state in somebody that just does something to your thinking. It just allows you to think so much more broadly and creatively. And then suddenly all these options and avenues are open to you that perhaps weren't before.
1: Yeah. What's yours as a matter of interest?
0: Vision chairs, And I'm also a really big fan of uh, perceptual positions. That's a, a firm favourite as well. And another model that we teach on the flagship program the ability to take a a relationship dynamic and see it from three different points of view your own the other person's and from the position of an objective observer and again in a similar way to vision vision chairs it just opens up so much more insight and awareness
1: yeah and they're both about stepping out of the constraints of your current reality and seeing with fresh eyes
0: yeah Absolutely. Thank you. Final question. As a way of closing us out, what's the thing, the question, or the idea that you'd like to leave our listeners with?
1: I found something today. Um, I found something that was my mantra for a long time. Maya. Angela, mm. you can only become truly accomplished at something you love don't make money your goal instead pursue the things you love doing and then do them so well that people can't take their eyes off you that's
0: the message that i'd like to give people and what a wonderful place to close kim morgan thank you very much thank you adam Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, then be sure to subscribe to get alerts each time we release a new episode. Just search Barefoot Coaching Podcast wherever you get yours. Oh, and if you aren't already following us on social media, then do just search for Barefoot Coaching.